I'm Bill Lawrence, and this is my big bag of onions. The cough made to California, broken hearts and bars unknown. And through this night we'll share a lover On that dark radio How the soul may be so lonely Hands pressed cold against the phone See all the stars
Peter Sokolowski is an editor at Merriam-Webster. One day he was wandering the archives and found a shelf with 129 boxes containing 315,000 3x5 index cards with only a single word written on each one spelled backward. Why would Merriam-Webster create this collection? Okay, was it the same word on each card? No. No, so they were all different words? Yes. Apparently 315,000 of them. English words? Yes. But not mirror image, just backwards. Right, just spelled backwards. Okay, does the time period matter? Uh, Is this like, you know, pre-computers, pre-internet? Yes, it's pre-computers. Okay. Does this have something to do with when you're typesetting? It's was better to typeset words backwards or no. something? Does it have anything to do with the printing process at all? No. Does this have anything to do with somehow checking to make sure their works weren't being pirated or copied? Oh, that's a thought. No, that's not it. Does it matter what was used to create the index cards, whether they were handwritten or typewritten or anything like that? No, it doesn't matter. Does it have anything to do with typewriters and the functioning of typewriters? No. Was this intended to be an aid for somebody? Yes. Some kind of an aid? Yes. For somebody with a specific job? Yes. Were the cards like in some particular order? They would be in alphabetical order according to the reverse spelling, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So like cat would come before dog, even though they were spelled backwards. No. No, dog would come before cat. Yes, because okay. G comes before T. Okay. Does it matter whether they're proper nouns or common no- or common words? Uh, no, there can be some common words in them. So if you were a dictionary editor, you might... <laughs> Want to see what the words look like backwards. Yeah, so um, you would you might come to this file and, and take out all the cards that started with the same string of letters, for instance. You want to see which words have the same ending? Yes. Because you're, you're making up a list of suffixes? Yes.
The first bank heist in the United States took place in 1798, when a thief stole more than $162,000 from a vault in the Bank of Pennsylvania. The authorities settled their attention on Pat Lyon, the man who had made the bank's iron doors. But before the case against him could go forward, the bank suddenly identified the real guilty party, a house carpenter named Isaac Davis. How? The guy that they settled on? Uh, Isaac Davis. Isaac Davis, okay. Had he left something behind? No. Does this have something to do with work that he had done either in the bank or in the neighboring area? No. Because you said he was a carpenter? Yes, he was a house carpenter. Had Davis said something to somebody? No. Would you say... Okay, the police believed they had some evidence against Davis. Would you agree with that? No, I'll say no to that. No. Oh, so they didn't think they had evidence. They had a reason for suspecting Davis. Yes. Okay. Whoever came up with this idea against Davis had a reason for thinking it was Davis. Yes. Okay. Does this reason have anything to do with some particular characteristic of Davis that could be Davis and only Davis? No. Does this have anything to do with his occupation as a carpenter? No. No. Does this have anything to do with the location of the robbery in any way? No. Okay. Does this have anything to do with what Davis did after the robbery occurred? Yes. Was he caught with the money? Did this happen when he tried to spend the money? No. When he tried to put the money in this bank or some other bank? Yes, that's it. He brought the money back to the bank. He deposited the money in the very bank he had just robbed. All he had to do was keep quiet, but he deposited the money in the bank. They got suspicious and questioned him, and he confessed.
listening to Bill's bag of big onions. Big bag of Bill's onions. Bill's big bag of onions. Alfonso was taking an important exam. Although the examiner was standing 20 feet away and had his back turned, he interrupted Alfonso by saying, you can stop right now, I know you're cheating. What led to Alfonso's undoing? Oh, goodness. Okay. He had his back turned. Did he hear something? Yes, he heard something. Yes, he heard something. Would you say that he saw something even though his back was turned? The examiner? Yes. No. He heard something that Alfonso did or produced, a noise that Alfonso produced? Yes. Was it Alfonso's answers? Yes. Okay. Uh, Does it matter what kind of exam this was? Yes. Okay. Is this the type of exam that you would take in a normal academic setting like college or high school or university? No. No. Was this some sort of uh, performance exam, like a performance of music, like you're trying to perform music? Oh, no. But it's an exam. Would you say it's an exam to get like a professional license? No. Does it matter when this happened? No. Where? Uh, No. Uh, Does it matter what method Alfonso was using to cheat? Yeah. Was he using some sort of electronic equipment of any kind, would you say? No. Was his method of cheating, did it involve somebody else? No. Somebody trying to feed him answers or help him out in some way? No. But he was still cheating, testing to get you into, like, the military or something? Yes. Oh. He was trying to get into the military. He was trying to get into the military. The test was designed to test uh, his fitness evaluate in some his way? fitness, yeah, his in sort some of way. some physical ability. That was he supposed he to be reading an eye chart? Yes. Uh... And and how did the guy know that he was cheating on the eye chart? Like somebody had given him the answers and he was... Alfonso was undergoing an eye examination required for entering the armed services. The examiner knew Alfonso had memorized the chart because the examiner had recently begun using a new chart. And unfortunately for Alfonso, he had oh. memorized the outdated one. <laughs> Man buys a farmhouse and discovers that it's infested with mice, so he sets out a mouse trap each night to kill them one by one. One morning he finds a mouse in the trap and knows that it's the last one. How does he know? Huh. Okay. Uh, did it have something to do with the age or the gender of the mouse? No. Either one of those? Um, the size of the mouse? No. Something physically distinguishing about the mouse? No. Um, and he knew it as soon as he saw it, would you say? Yes. Did he know bef- 
before he saw the mouse in the trap that there was only one mouse left? No. Ah. Does it have to do with where the trap was? No. Was there something about the trap that I need to discover? Yes. Okay. It's not where the trap was. That's right. Was it something that the trap was baited with? Yes. Does it matter how long it's been since he caught the last mouse? No. Okay. Does it matter what he baited the trap with? No. But it needed to have had a food item in it. Yes. For him to know it was the last mouse. Okay. Um, Suppose you're a mouse and it's the middle of the night. And and I smell cheese. And you smell cheese. What do you do? I go try to grab the cheese. And what happens? I get decapitated by a mousetrap. Before... Do I eat the cheese first? No. So if, if the mouse was dead, other mice could come get the cheese. And because the cheese was actually still there, they figured, he figured there's no more mice.
Why did the owner of a famous racehorse retire the horse from racing even though it had been winning its races? Did the owner want to use the horse for some other purpose? No. Did the owner hope to make money or gain somehow by doing this? No. Do I need to know where this happened? No. Or when? No. Is it a horse I've heard of? I think it's famous in racehorsing circles, but... And then the owner retires it when presumably it could have gone on to compete in further races and even perhaps have won? Yes. So he's just giving up money, potentially. Potentially. Is the owner's identity important? No. Does the owner have another horse that he hopes to use in place of this one? No. Do I need to know what happened to the horse after he retired it? Like, exactly what happened? No. Is there crime involved somehow? Is he threatened? Nope. Uh, Are there other people involved? Not relevantly. Is the horse's health important? No. The owner expected if it ran again, it would have competed. Yes. I think he expected that the horse would win, but he was losing expectations that he would win anything as a result of the horse winning. But you're saying he personally didn't necessarily expect to profit by this. Right, yes. He thought if the horse kept racing, he probably wouldn't be profiting from it anymore. But he had in the past. Yes. So something changed because the the odds changed? Yes. The horse is doing so well that it's now favored, and so it's less of a winning bet? Yeah, it's actually that the horse was winning every single race it was entered into, and nobody would any longer bet against it. (laughs) So he couldn't earn anything anymore.
of sound Oh, the heart opens wide Like it's never seen love And addiction stays on tight Like a glove Why are Russian authorities having very scantily dressed women walk along the sides of some of their roads? Hmm. Does it have to do with traffic? I mean, with affecting, I don't know, the speed of traffic or the behavior of the motorists or anything like that? Yes. Okay. Speed? Yes. Is it just to slow down male motorists so they'll ogle the women? <laughs> partly, but there. It's not, it's not just completely that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's partly right. Yes. So the idea is to get motorists to look at the women. It's not just the women, not just to look at the women themselves, but... To look at something else? Yes. Are the women... Okay, you said... Describe the women again. They're... Scantily dressed. Do anything to what they're wearing? No, they're actually wearing very little. I've seen some pictures. Are they carrying something else? Yes. Is there some message yes. that they want? So the women yes. are just there to attract the attention of people yes. who are driving by. Yes. Is it advertising? No. Is it a political message? No. Something to do with the traffic itself? Yes. Yeah. Uh, like a detour or something like that? Some kind of no. road sign? Sort of. A public notice about something that a motorist would need to know. Yeah. Something about danger? No, 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 no. Uh, okay, so this could have just, the message could just have been put on a sign by the side of the road. Yes. But they used women just to draw more attention. Yes. To it. So it's a, just a message to motorists. Would you call it a road sign? Yeah. Like a stop sign? Something like that? Not exactly. Not a stop sign, no. Something to do with directions? No. Is it to affect where he goes? No. His speed? Yes, yes. So it just tells him him what the speed limit is? Yes, and that's exactly it. They're holding large signs showing the speed limits in an effort to get drivers to slow down. A man's parents are killed by a reckless driver. 
The man, who was the sole executor of their estate, sues the driver. When the suit goes to trial, neither the son nor his attorney is able to cross-examine the driver, even though the driver shows up to court and is otherwise able to respond to questions. Wow. All right. The whole backstory there about why they're in court, is that important? Yeah. Okay. So they're all, they're all in court. This other... The driver. The driver can respond to questions generally. Yes. But they're unable to cross-examine... Yes. Can I say him? Yes. If I'm the man, <laughs> if I'm the, the one who's suing him, and I put a question to him, or my lawyer does, I guess, is he prevented from speaking somehow? No. Does he decline to speak? He's physically able to speak. He's just not able to be cross-examined. He speaks English. He yes. understands what the question is. Yes. He knows what the answer is. Yes. And can say it. Yes. Is it that the... the uh, d- can I call him the defendant? That the When he's accusing... The driver. Yes. Okay, let's call him the defendant. Does he have an attorney who's just advising him not to speak? That's not. That's not the. That's not the case. That's not the case. Is it that he doesn't know the answers to the questions? No, that's not it. We know he's male. Yes. Do we need to know his age? No. The location of any of this stuff. No. The time period. Nope. His occupation. Nope. We keep coming back to the to the term cross examination. Do anything yes. know specifically what that amounts to? When you say that, I picture just someone putting questions to him and right. refusing to answer or not, not answering. No, no, it's it's they're not able to cross examine him. Not not that he's refusing to answer or unable to answer. They can't cross examine him. Is he like suing himself for its multiple? Yes, that's exactly it. Really? <laughs> yes. The son and the driver are the same person. The son sadly killed his parents through his recklessness and in his capacity as heir and sole executor is suing himself as the driver so he can claim against his insurance policy.
two runners set off on a race. After some time, they cross the finish line. One is exhausted, gasping for breath and near to collapse. The other, who has not even broken into a sweat and has a slow, steady pulse, wins the race. How did the winner do this so effortlessly? <laughs> okay. Would you say that they both ran the same distance? Yes. Are they underwater? No. <laughs> are they on the surface of the Earth? Yes. Let's go with that. Okay, they are on the surface of the Earth, so they're not in space. They're not underwater. Are, are they running up something, like running up the side of a mountain or anything? No. No. Okay. So you would say they stay on the surface of the Earth the entire race? Yes. And they're running, you would say? Yes. By running, do you mean what I usually think of as running? Yes. Faster than walking, using your feet? Yes. <laughs> okay. When you say the location matters, do you mean like what continent or country? Yes. Aha. In Antarctica? Yes. <laughs> you took place in Antarctica? That's a big hint. Um, that's a big hint. Were they running on snow? On top I guess of so. snow? I guess in let's snow? say yes. That's not important. And it's not important. So it's not like one has snowshoes and one doesn't. That's right. Or one is running on ice and the other's trying to run through snow. Yeah, or... that's, that's not it. Did they run at the same time as each other, pretty much? Like yes. they they weren't doing it on different days or in different weather conditions. Yes. They were running at the same time. Yes. So the weather was the same and everything for both of them. That's right. That's right. The total time, running time for each of them was reckoned by taking their starting day and date. Oh, okay. And so the direction that you run, you're crossing date lines or timelines or yes. something. So... The person who was considered to have won didn't need to go as fast because that person figured out that they were going to be crossing the date line in such a way that like they'd gain a whole day on the other person so they could go real slow. Yes, that's basically it. Is that basically it? You are listening to Bill's Big Bag of Onions.
A murderer is convicted on the basis of witness testimony. The judgment is sound and well-founded, despite the fact that when the crime was committed, there wasn't a single person around to see it other than the murderer and his unfortunate victim. It's based on a true story. Okay, so he, someone's convicted of murder mm-hmm. on the basis of witness testimony, uh-huh. and yet there, is it accurate to say there were no witnesses to the crime? Um, I'll say that's inaccurate. Okay, so someone was murdered. Let's start yes. with that. One person killed another person. Yes. And you're saying someone testified that they saw this, witnessed it in some way, right? I wouldn't completely agree to that. <laughs> someone killed another person. I'll agree to that. Were there witnesses to the crime? I guess I'll say yes. Human witnesses? No. Ah, there we go. Is it a parrot? It is a parrot! <laughs> did you hear Did you hear this no. story? I, I mean, I've heard there are such cases. <laughs> you just seem so shifty. I thought it had to be some kind of animal or something. It just makes no sense otherwise. Yeah, the witness was a pet parrot who was found repeating the victim's begging for mercy in the victim's <laughs> voice. And Jean-Yves says, this is based on the following true story. Martin Durham lived with his wife, Glenna, and their pet parrot. During a heated argument, Glenna decided to kill her husband and commit suicide. She shot her husband and herself in front of their pet parrot, but while her husband died, she survived her gunshot wound and claimed she remembered nothing of the event. When the investigators found them, they also found the parrot reciting parts of their last argument, including the clear words, don't shoot, in Martin's voice. You know, that's amusing, but it's also an awful story. That's terrible that that really happened. Yeah.
Why are sausages made from toads being tossed from helicopters in Western Australia? Um, are they intended to feed something? In a manner of speaking. Some wildlife, I guess, in Australia. Yes. Are the helicopters important? That's just a means of getting them to the right location. Correct. Okay, and they drop them out just because they need to drop them over a certain area. Yes. Where these creatures yes. live. Yes. Creatures that normally eat toads, I guess? Yes. Do I need to know why they're not just dropping toads? As yes. Po- they are deliberately dropping toad sausages as opposed to toads. Are the toads dead? Well, they're made into sausages. Yes. So <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> you have to check everything. Do I need to know the other ingredients of the sausage, I guess? Uh, there is another ingredient in the sausage that's important. Would you say the toads are bait? They're just only there to induce this N- no, not, thing no, to eat? No, not really. Is it a drug that's in the sausage? There is a drug in the sausage. Is it like a tranquilizer designed to... No. Are they trying to eradicate this? No. Is there any other living thing involved in this whole cycle? No, just toads, and I'll tell you, they're called quals. Quals eat the sausage with the toads? Yes. We're not trying to kill quals, but they are expecting the drug to to affect the quals. They could not do this with sausages made from rabbits or whatever else you might make a sausage from. It had to be toad sausages. Because what might happen if a qual eats a toad sausage and then gets really sick? Oh, it'll just be, it'll develop an aversion to eating toads. Exactly. It's to try to keep the quals from eating poisonous cane toads. I know I seen that vacant stare Selling sunsets for somebody else You find yourself asking yourself What is any of it worth? You find yourself looking up at night From the bottom of the earth Can this world not afford to sleep anymore? And oh, did your sheep stop jumping? They grow out their teeth. Did they need a little something more? And this is now they're biting at your feet. They got you running from this place. Now they're breathing down your neck Your eyes look lonely in your face See you looking just out of frame What is it pulling you there? Cause things can never stay the same So what is keeping you here? No Can this world not afford to sleep anymore? And oh, did your sheep stop jumping to grow out their teeth and need a little something now? Every time you think, well, they'll be biting at your thoughts. And every time you blink, well, you'll be sold and bought, but you are more. No, I seen your face somewhere. One oh six point six FM with Brave. It was the onions. Big bag of onions. It was the onions. Big bag of onions. It was the onions.
I'm Bill Lawrence. Join me again soon for another journey through the pleasures of music, words, and sound. Be seeing you. Bill's Big Bag of Onions has been produced and directed by Adrian Cohen and is a guppy production for Cone Radio.